Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This, this is the Rich Eisen Show. I'm the best, I'm the best, I'm the best, I'm the best, I'm the best. With guest host, Ryan Leaf, live from the Rich Eisen Show studio in Los Angeles. And if you don't have a, a sense of excitement about this, I don't know what you're here for. The Rich Eisen Show. I'm the best, I'm the best, I'm the best, I'm the best, I'm the best. Today's guests, Lakers writer for The Athletic, Bill Orem. 11-year NFL veteran quarterback, Bruce Gretkowski. Plus, Rich checks in from the NFL Combine. And now, sitting in for Rich, it's Ryan Leaf. Welcome back, everybody. What a glorious Friday here in Los Angeles. We got a little rain last night. Fresh feeling, fresh smells this morning when we walk up and came in. You're watching the Rich Eisen Show, listening to the Rich Eisen Show. I'm Ryan Lee, filling in for Rich. He is in Indianapolis covering the NFL Combine from top to bottom. I am always joined by TJ Jefferson here to my right. Michael Del Tufo is back. Hey, We're back. Del Tufo. Easier name to remember. Man, <laughs> I forgot you worked here. Yes. Del Tufo's easier than Feller. And Chris Brockman's yeah. got an awesome shirt on today. Awesome. I said my name is Kwame. Is that is that polka dot? I don't know. I'm just no. It's like oh. one of those. I bought this from Miami it's got palm a couple trees. years ago. Okay. Yeah, it's got palm trees. Yeah. Miami Chris. I like it. Yeah. Miami Chris. I don't know. Why not? I, I mean, it looks great. I mean, you were hiding it well, all pre pre show, oh, and, yeah. and then busted bam. it out. Bam. Yeah, bam. Brockman likes to do that. He has a grand unveil at about uh, yeah, like ten eight, seconds still. Yeah, like eight fifty five. I'm just like bam. <laughs> I like it. Here's what I'm wearing today. I like it. Well, because he picks it out from under his desk. This is true. That is cold. I feel like you're in the same outfit every time I host the show. Yeah, Mike. Who are you? We all know that I don't even wear the same sneakers in the same month. No, today's outfit, very clean, man. Thank you. Like you know, I'm representing the bloodline today for our radio viewers. Acknowledge me. Whoa. Whoa. No, that's a wrestling group, Chris, not... Yeah, I'm it's not going it, there. Yeah, I'm not going I was there. Say we're we are neutral. We are <laughs> yeah, right, yeah. We we're like Switzerland. neutral Switzerland, Switzerland whatever that Switzerland. is. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, um, what did you guys think of the spectacle of the NFL Combine last night? Uh, let me fill you in with the show a little bit. We just talked about Bill uh, Oram from the Athletic. All Lakers is going to be here to chat with us about that. Incredibly disappointing loss last night to the Clippers. <laughs> oh, oh, disappointing for who? Yeah, I mean, to, to, to the I Lakers. I was disappointed. Westbrook? Like I felt joy. Predictable. Like Anita Baker. <laughs> you bring me. I want to get in with him about that. The AD trade was the trade which is going to put them in literal hawk for the next four years around draft time. Was it worth it? Was it worth it to win a bubble championship? Yeah. Yeah, that's going to be a big question for me. Uh, Bruce got 
Bruce Grodkowski um, from Sirius XM NFL Radio is going to join us. Uh, he was on the show with me last night when we were breaking down the combine when the quarterbacks were throwing. He is uh, very knowledgeable. I mean, he came out of Toledo from the MAC. We saw some MAC quarterbacks last night um, and, and got a real opportunity in the NFL and made the most of it. Um, but the combine itself, right? It was it was a big deal in the forty times. Now we're going to get into this, Brockman, because we have a little bone to pick with uh, with the, I guess NFL Network. I mean, I don't know who's 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 taking the unofficial times uh, on the forty there. Yeah, that's just something I thought is just so bizarre. Like these kids, everyone knows how important the forty is, you know, for. For the combine, and you know that's that's a time that sticks to you forever as a player. If you're deemed as a fast guy, or maybe you ran a little bit slower than you were expected, but you know this kid runs a four-two-one, and everyone's like, "Whoa, four-two-one!" Like we know the record is four-two-two by John Ross, and he thinks he sets a new combine record, and it's like, "Cool, you know, I don't have to run again." I'm basically going to be a first-round pick now. I dropped the mic. I just made a billion dollars. I'm a first-round draft <laughs> yeah, pick. Yeah, exactly. Right? I'm outie. And you're just like Tyquan Thornton and you know the wide receivers because they ran last night. And it's like, then it comes back. His official time is four two eight, and you're like, whoa, that's. I mean, obviously, that's fast. <laughs> Very fast. <laughs> I mean, let's not let's not get it twisted four, here. Four, that's two, it's fast. Four two eight <laughs> is is so fast, you know, but. It's not four two one. It's not the fastest combine, you know, forty time ever. ever. So I'm just like, it's tough as a fan to see these times and, and get super jacked up about them when you know it's got the U next to it, Mike. You know, it's got the unofficial, the unofficial tag, and so you got to wait like an hour for the official times to come back. And it, it's frustrating as a fan of the combine, a fan of the NFL and the and the NFL draft process. But I can't imagine what it's like for these kids. Ryan. Well, especially the fact that, like like I said, he drops the mic, right? I'm done. Why yeah, would done. I run again? Isaiah Simmons a couple years ago, remember he ran like a four, I don't know, four, three, six oh, yeah, or something like that? Yeah, super fast. Boom! And then... Dropped it. Right, yeah. I'm outie. Yeah. And that's what these guys, Chris Olave goes four, two, six, I believe is what it was. Four, two, six unofficial. It comes back in the high four threes. That's significant. That's yeah. over a that's over a tenth of a second in difference, and he yeah. didn't run again either. Yeah, he was four two nine actually, and then okay, he was a four twos, and then it came out to be like four three eight or something like that, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, but I mean, a tenth different is a lot. That is a it's lot. A big difference, these guys. That's that's a draft slot. Like you know, Al Davis would take you top ten overall if you ran super fast. Desmond Ritter ran four five two and then ran again four four nine. Now, I don't know if it was that was unofficial. It might have bounced back to four five two when it was official. But if you look at it, if the if people were looking at it as it played out, he ran a second time and and it was the fastest forty that there was uh, as at the quarterback position. So it, it's it's meaningful and it clearly has been because the Henry Ruggs uh, phenomenon, right. the uh, John Ross phenomenon. This you take the top off type of mentality. Guys are going to go draft you. They're going to move up and get that speed top-end speed, to take the top off. Uh, and that's what quarterbacks need and want. They want to be able to throw the deep ball if they can uh, and then have guys be able to work underneath when they need it on third down. That's that's exactly uh, the game plan in the NFL, and it's a copycat league. And so I, I don't think for a moment that Tyquan Thornton um, getting it bumped to 428 um, isn't going to impress a lot of scouts. He was very impressive. I covered him for ESPN. 
called three of their games this year. They ran a ton of play action, let him run, use that straight line speed, and he was exceptional, right? Led the team in receptions, yards, and touchdowns. Um, was very good for that that Big 12 champion team in the Baylor Bears and Dave Aranda. So uh, he really made himself some money last night. And that, I like to I liken it to that, right? When they show out and do what they do, Christian Watson, another one of those wide receivers out of North Dakota State University. Wow. Just a freak at at the combine statistics, right? The the things that you know, you jump 40 in, 44. I don't know. He jumped really high, right? Higher than Eli Manning did on Twitter uh, yesterday. But um, he, he just was, was great at everything he did. Ran a, a wonderful 40-yard uh, time, caught the ball well. Um, it's very difficult for wide receivers and quarterbacks during the drill portion of all of this uh, to find that that similarity with one another because they've never thrown with one another unless they work unless they signed with the same agent and they've been at the same place working out together right that's that's the for, uh, that's the commonality of it all if they don't have it uh, it can be really difficult and we saw some quarterbacks I feel really struggle especially on the throws that you you should just it should be uh, second nature to you throwing to your left having to open up your hip a little bit more I think Malik Willis is getting a lot of praise I think predominantly about his actions while in Indianapolis, which I think are should be praised. But I also think there's some some hype, that there's a hype train with him that exists that when we have Bruce uh, on the show a little bit later, we, we critiqued these quarterbacks last night in real time. And other than when he uncorked a 65-yard ball, now we'll get to that in a second, it, he looked a bit labored. It didn't look as fluid as I would have liked to seen. And I, I think people have just kind of glossed over that a little bit because... Yeah, get a little bit more into that because uh, you mentioned it, and it's true. He's getting just universally praised. You know, Rich is uh, touting his his wares. You know, you had me at hello. Well, let's just say 65 this. 65-yard throw. I mean, that was that's a wow throw. Well, I could, in my underwear, I, can, I could go out and throw it 65 yards. Like right now? Should yeah. We do, should we do it in the break? I mean, we have a football. I know. Yeah, we can, yeah, we can't try it. I don't know if we have 65 yards worth of distance. We but, got about 80 out there. But I, I can throw it a long <laughs> no. ways in my underwear with no one around me, Uncle no Rico. coverages to read or anything like that. Yeah, but you talked about his fluidity. Can you just so, okay. speak a little bit more about that? Like, So if you like, want a real real game. Uh, yeah, every, everyone's like, wow, this kid is going to climb draft boards now. And you're kind of like, pump the brakes. So. Yeah, just, just you know, it, same with Carson Strong. Both guys, I think, have exceptionally strong arms. Carson yeah uncorked a 70 yarder last night too right i mean it's meaningful because you have that ability but they both look like they so here's the best in-game uh comparison i can give you patrick mahomes in the second half against the cincinnati Bengals. watch him throw the football he is not fluid he's labored he is um guiding the football and i felt like that is what we saw a lot of last night, especially on the slant routes, right? Slant routes are where you, you just have to let it fly. You have to have the confidence to just let it fly and let it go. And for whatever reason, there was a little hesitancy. And it doesn't mean he's not going to develop and be great and, and whoever drafts him and everything like that. It just, you know, in a big-time moment with the bright lights uh, on, on routes that you should be extremely fluid with. And guess what? Quarterbacks that people were talking about extensively yesterday, Kenny Pickett for one, um, how would you like to be standing there and have the NFL Network's camera <laughs> right next to you? And you, you, you're not oblivious to this. Right. You know the camera's not on your face. The camera <laughs> is zoomed in on your tiny hands. All right? 
And then he goes out and absolutely shreds it. He's accurate. He's explosive. He looked great in what he did. Dan Orlovsky, a friend of the show, really talked about how the more tape he looks at, the the similarities between him and Tony Romo uh, are are really uh, there. I really liked it. I thought Brock Purdy made himself some money last night. Incredibly accurate. Now, he's got to be a better decision maker. At Iowa State, he made some just absolutely boneheaded decisions. Um, that cost his team some games and things like that, so it has to improve. But he he was accurate. He was a leader last night. Crum out of Kent State, I thought he made himself some money too. A MAC player, Bruce will be there to talk about it a little bit later, like I said. But um, the guys that um, I think that are getting heaped with the praise, Malik Willis for one, um, I, I I would say probably finished, you know, bottom end of the top five last night. I would say Kenny Pickett was by far the best quarterback, and I really think Crum and Purdy really had had uh, had their moments. Um, I thought Desmond Ritter also did as well, and then I think you know Malik Willis. So I, I expect that to continue. I expect their pro days to be exceptional. I will say this, and I knew this was going to happen, and this was the point that you guys were having the bet around: what team's going to move up as far as they can to get one of these quarterbacks? Yep, and. With the eight and a half inch hands that was released yesterday, we went, oh, that bet's probably out of it. It's not, it's not, right? You go out and compete and you go out and throw and you go out and perform the way you did under the bright lights with the adversity of having to carry that all day and having the cameras just point to your hands. Like it, it I mean, I can't believe what that, that must have felt like. It was like, you know, you, it, it's like in, uh, the spy who shagged me, the Austin Powers movies, and uh, Fred Savage is up there with the big mole, and it's just, uh, you know, it's Doctor <laughs> Evil pointing at him, you know, mole, mole, mole. <laughs> you know, it's hands, tiny hands, tiny hands, tiny hands, can't throw hands, and he goes out and whips it around. Yeah. So, um, I, I love this performance. Um, I've liked him though, and maybe I'm biased. I've just liked him from the get go. I love what he was being able to do in Pittsburgh. Um, the Steelers need a quarterback. I don't know if he lasts that long or Pittsburgh is going to have to move up to find uh, that. There's going to be some teams later in the later in the round who need and want a quarterback to fall in love with either Malik Willis or or Kenny Pickett. I do believe that. And they're going to move up because uh, GMs have FOMO. And I say it all the yeah. time. They have the fear of missing out on the franchise quarterback because they don't necessarily know where they get him. Right. Josh Allen was late in the uh, uh, late in the top 10. Uh, Kansas City moved up to to get um, Patrick Mahomes. Deshaun Watson was around 12, right? That's that's the place right now where a lot of these quarterbacks have been successful and weren't necessarily uh, scouted the right way, right? Mitch Trubisky went number two overall, was the, number, was the first quarterback taken in that draft with that great class of quarterbacks. So, you know, we'll see how it plays out. But I do assume, and we talked about this yesterday, that there are going to be teams that have that fear, that fall in love with a guy and are willing to move heaven and earth to get a guy they believe will change the, the course of their franchise. And we saw some of those guys last night perform at a very high level. So uh, it was fun to watch, fun to be a part of. We'll get more into the wide receiver aspect of it because there were some incredible, uh, again, 40 times by guys that really established themselves. This draft is going to be loaded with wide receivers, right? And Drake London, who's considered the number one overall guy, he didn't even work out because he's still, <laughs> he's still coming back from injury. Quarterback, we didn't also talk about Matt Corral. He didn't work out as well. He's about almost 100% healthy again after the injury in the bowl game. Uh, he's a guy that uh, um, at, ne- at Next Gen Stats has the highest draft grade right now, I think 89. So um, 
we'll see where that lands too. It's 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 going to get interesting as it always does every year leading into the draft. The hype train, the spin starts to work for agents and writers and puff pieces and this that and the other and yep. disinformation that's put to the side and what this and the other. and quarterbacks rule the NFL boys. Cool, uh, they rule the NFL and they're going to continue to rule through this process. Loaded draft, probably the deepest in years because of COVID. Guys that didn't go pro now are. They're going to be guys in the third, fourth, fifth round that you pick up that can be immediate uh, starters in this league. So, all right, when we come back, we're gonna we're gonna talk to Bill Orem uh, at, uh, from the Athletics about the Lakers and the dysfunction and where it's going and what's going on there um, uh, with this team. Um, but first, when Callaway engineered ChromeSoft to be the best tour ball, it didn't just make the best players better. It made everyone better. Men, women, first-time major winners, repeat major winners, club champions, and, and business golfers. The ChromeSoft family has the best tour performance for every type of performance, starting with the regular ChromeSoft, which is designed for the widest range of golfers who want better feel, more distance, and incredible forgiveness. But for better players looking for more workability, ChromeSoft X provides excellent spin consistency and tour-level short game control. Finally, ChromeSoft XLS gives you a lower spin golf ball on longer shots. Firmer feel, but still with high spin around the greens. And now, every ChromeSoft is enhanced with precision technology, which uses design techniques and manufacturing specifications up to one one-thousandth of an inch. This ensures that they're highest quality, most consistent, fastest golf balls possible. When you add it all up, it's pretty simple. ChromeSoft is better for the best. And better for everybody, Brockman. Everyone. Everyone. Find out which ChromeSoft is right for you at CallawayGolf.com backslash ChromeSoft. We'll be right back with Bill Orem on The Rich Eisen Show. Let's talk game time. Boy, do we love using game time tickets at The Rich Eisen Show. And every single time I've been watching the basketball playoffs on TV, I've been wondering what it would be like to be at these games. And when you choose your tickets on game time, you can see the view from your seat where the court is, where you are in relation to it. And then the all-in prices, that's my favorite feature. The all-in prices makes sure that you see the lowest price guarantee and also know exactly how much everything costs costs all in before you purchase so all the guesswork is removed when you buy playoff tickets with game time download the game time app create an account and use my code rich for twenty dollars off your first purchase terms apply visit gametime.co for restrictions again create an account redeem my code r-i-c-h for twenty dollars off your first purchase download game time today last minute tickets lowest price guaranteed Let's talk O'Reilly Auto Parts, people, or as you might know from their jingle, O-O-O O'Reilly Auto Parts. They're in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offers friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs because you know when you need your car fixed, you need somebody who knows what they're talking about and is helpful, has a smile on their face, and gets you back on the road. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you just... Find the right battery for your vehicle. 
Need your windshield wipers replaced, a brake light fix, or a quick service? They'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help. Whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice, you will find the employees at O'Reilly Auto Parts knowledgeable, helpful, and the best of all, friendly. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit us at O'ReillyAuto.com slash Eisen. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash Eisen. Welcome back to the Rich Eisen Show. I'm Ryan Leaf filling in for Rich for a third consecutive day. This is, I feel like home, guys. I will say this. I did tell Anna last night when I was laying down to bed, I said, doing a three-hour show on your own on a daily basis is incredibly hard. I am grateful for you guys to be in this room with me so I can bounce things <laughs> off with you. I mean, it's I, I give Rich a ton of credit, man. Every, every day, three hours a day. Uh, I know that sounds labored. Uh, it isn't. I've had a blast, but it, you know, it, it can be hard. But before we know it, an hour's gone, two hours and three hours, and I'm like, wow, that, that flew by. And a big reason why it flies by is because of the guests we have. And joining us now on the Mercedes-Benz Vans phone line is Bill Oram uh, from The Athletic, um, Lakers writer, and more importantly, a University of Montana Grizzly. Bill, what's going on? How much, Ryan? How you doing, man? I'm doing good. Uh, tell us a little about a little bit about your uh, about your Grizz days. I mean, I, so, I mean, I mean, how much time you got? I can spend all day <laughs> talking about like you know, hanging out in Missoula, sub sub zero weather, going to Grizz games. Uh, you know, the, the the best football program in the country that nobody that that nobody outside of Montana knows about. Greatest rivalry in the country with Montana State. Something you know a little bit about. Oh yeah. Um, so I, you know, I, I love I love it very much, and uh, it's still home for me. It, it, where? How did you? How did you get to Montana? How did you get to the university? I mean, how did that come about? Where are you from originally? So I grew up in Oregon, Ryan, and uh, and wanted to go to a great journalism program, and wanted to I wanted to be a sports writer, and you know. You know, you start looking kind of around the West, and and Montana jumps out. I mean, the University of Montana School of Journalism is, you know, in my mind, second to none. Um, this is this is a recruiting pitch, by the way, for everyone listening. And um, it was, you know, it was the perfect place for me an opportunity to work for the student newspaper, cover the Grizz, uh, really at you know some for some at some a high point in their history, and uh, you know, just great great experience. And I wouldn't have gone anywhere else, even if I. Although I will tell you, Ryan, I. I, the first time I came uh, as, a, as, a, as, a, as a writer to cover a game at USC and then later UCLA, I was like, why didn't anybody tell me these places existed? Because if I'd known that you could go to college in places like USC and UCLA, uh, the University of Montana might have had some competition. Oh, yeah. I, I, I felt the same way. I, I declined uh, recruiting trips to uh, Eugene and to Westwood for UCLA. And uh, I, I, I did... I, I ultimately didn't regret it, but when I was on campus, when we weren't playing as well in either one of those places, I went, you know what, I, th- I, I, I may have made a, a terrible mistake, you know? We'll see, but... Wait, are, you, are we going to start talking about, like, the, 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 um, the CMR and Capital rivalry, too? Well, if we want to go... We had, we had a caller, actually, two days ago, call me who played against me in, the, in the, my junior and senior years in the, the, the semifinals and, and state championship games, and uh, it, it, was, it was reminiscent enough for, for our listeners out there who are listening. I, I want to get into uh, your specialty, right? The, the Los sure. Angeles Lakers. Last night, just an absolute embarrassment uh, versus their rival, right? Their little brother, essentially, uh, without Kawhi. And uh, did Paul George play either? I no. You know, neither no. one of them played, and they just they looked outclassed. What what what's going on there, and, and and where do we go from here? Well, listen, I you know the Lakers can say that they view themselves as still you know having a chance at this. You know, mathematically they're in they're in the play in for now, 
Um, but to me, that, that looks like a team that is completely let, completely let go of the rope. You know, they can summon these spurts uh, of energy. Um, they had a 14-0 run at the end of the second quarter to get within three at halftime and then promptly got outscored 26-2 at the start of the second half. They can't defend anybody. They don't have consistent enough offense. And LeBron, I mean, LeBron is putting up numbers, man, and he looks, you know, he looks the part. But at this point, you got to think LeBron is sort of just kind of eyeing Kareem's record and trying to basically, you know, bank points while he can because I don't think anybody has any belief that this Lakers team is is going to be able to make noise if they even make the play in. So I view this as a team that is is completely fractured and knows knows their fate. I mean, you won't say they've given up necessarily, but I think that this has this is going downhill fast. Um, they've lost four in a row. I just have a hard time seeing them really gaining any momentum. Anthony Davis is out for weeks still. And, and listen, they didn't just lose to a Clippers team without Kawhi or Paul George, they also don't have Norman Powell. So they're three, you know, arguably their three best players, although Reggie Jackson makes the case for that. They're all out. You know, the Clippers are playing a bunch of guys who, you know, they're young guys, they're scrappy, you know, they care, um, and, they, and they want to beat the Lakers. They take pride in that, in that matchup. And, you know, the Lakers have lost seven straight to the Clippers going back to last year. I just don't see a team that has any spirit or fight. And I don't know that they even really want to be in the play-in because, I mean, listen, if they if they miss the play-in and they say, listen, we were just banged up all year, we had injuries, we just never got a chance. LeBron, AD, and Russ only played 18 games together. That kind of that kind of passes the smell test better than, hey, we finally got healthy for the play-in, and then we went and got smacked by New Orleans in the first game, and our season it was over. So I, I don't even know if they want to be in the play-in at this point. Speaking with Bill Orem from the Athletic Lakers beat writer. How foreign is it to LeBron? You cover him to see this because he's always been the type of guy. And maybe, you know, father time has finally taken its toll, um, even though he's having an amazing numbers year. But everywhere he went, no matter what, he was able to, regardless of talent on the, the basketball team, find ways to make this team competitive, make his team competitive, make them winners. And this year, for whatever reason, how foreign is it to him to see this play out the way it is? Well, I mean, it's it's unprecedented. And I tried to ask him something about that last night, kind of the idea that he's playing at such a high level, he's scoring at a pretty remarkable pace. I think this is the most he's scored in a season since the year before the decision when he went to Miami. Um, but, like, the thing that you have to understand, it's not, they're not just, you know, not winning at a high level. I mean, this is, like, you called it an embarrassment. They are getting blown out night after night by teams that – you know, really have no business blowing them out. This is not like a month ago when they got blown out by Milwaukee and LeBron, you know, said kind of famously, you know, we're not on their level. This was, you know, a Clippers team that more or less should be on their level. They're eighth and ninth in the West. They're kind of in the same zone, potentially a play-in opponent. You know, they're in the same tier of the West. And the Lakers were just roundly outclassed. And, and LeBron said last night, they're the better team. Like, we're at a point where LeBron can just flatly, emotionlessly, uncontroversially declare the team that is one spot ahead of them in the standings as the better team, and nobody even flinches at this point. And so, you know, how foreign is it to LeBron? I mean, he's never been here. But I also think, like, you know, you look at some of the teams that he carried into the playoffs, he didn't have to really accommodate someone like Russell Westbrook. There is right now this really bad fit with Russell Westbrook where you've got a guy who needs the ball to be effective, but when he has the ball, he is – hurting the team because the ball is inherently not in LeBron James's hands. Um, 
you know, Russ's turnovers are way down, which I actually view as more of an indictment of the way he's playing as opposed to a positive because that means he's not being himself. Um, last night was actually one of his better games, and he still was, um, you know, not a particularly productive uh, presence, terrible defensively. And, and so, but LeBron has to sort of try to accommodate Russell Westbrook because he's the highest-paid player on the team. He's the starting point guard. And I actually asked Frank last night, Frank Vogel, if, you know, because – Russ, Russ did this thing that he has done where he, where he um, lamented that his role changes every single night. And that's something that's been true of almost everyone on this team because of the injuries and the fact they've started 31 different lineups in 62 games. But you know, Russ, you know, the, Russ made it about how um, his role has changed every single night. And I asked Frank about that, and he said, well, we coach the whole team, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I, so then I said, well, look, have you considered, you know, this is something that gets talked about, like, is bringing Russ off the bench a possibility? And I think it's telling that he did not dismiss it. He didn't say yes, but he said, he said um, we've talked about everything. And the fact that you've got a guy making $45 million and, and the, the possibility of benching him is in play or at the very least has, like, you know, been part of your coaches' meetings – really tells you about what a problem uh, the Russell Westbrook acquisition has been. And not just for the coaching staff, but I think for LeBron James as well. So it's unprecedented for LeBron to be in this situation, but he has a, you know, he has a, a co-star or a partner out there um, that is, is, is dragging the team down. Cement shoes. $45 million. I, just, I stopped listening after you said that because uh, I want that gig. I want that gig if I can get it. Um, you know, I guess the the best thing for the Lakers that's coming up here uh, is is some nostalgia, right? With the with the new show winning time about the Showtime team back in the '80s, Bill Riley or, or, or uh, uh, Coach Riley. I mean that that sounds like the the most positive thing moving forward. Because I was thinking about the AD situation, right? The AD trade ultimately, and what it's cost the Lakers for their future, right? Because their 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 draft picks are just absolutely. Um, just non-existent. New Orleans right. has got those for the next what foreseeable future. Uh, now the question to you is: uh, Is Genie Bus and everybody uh, surrounding the the Los Angeles Lakers organization are they going to look at as that at that trade and see the swap for the bubble championship as as enough when this is all said and done? Yeah, it's a really interesting philosophical question. Uh, did you philosophy major at Washington State? Um, I. <laughs> I, listen, I think that they will look at it as enough because you – enough is probably the wrong word, but it was a justified trade. The, 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 the result of the championship justified going all in. Like, you saw it. You saw that AD and LeBron could win a championship together. Um, they have the hardware to prove it. But it's not – but I think it is a disappointment if the LeBron and Anthony Davis pairing ultimately ends, you know, whether it's you know, a year from now, two years from now, uh, if it ends with one championship and really one – legitimate shot at the championship because you know otherwise you know since since ad's gotten here last year they lose in the first round because of injuries this year i mean the first round looks almost out of reach at this point um you know 20 games left so who knows but i mean that seems that seems like a little fantastical um i think you make that trade again because it it got it put you in position to have two superstars and to make the most of lebron's um of lebron's uh you know kind of final chapter you know it's everything else that I think is the disaster. It's you know it's it's the constant changing of the of, of the rest of, of the of the roster. It's not valuing guys who've developed enough. It's you know treating guys like Contavious Caldwell Pope and Kyle Kuzma as throw-ins. It's seeing 
Alex Caruso as a replacement level player and letting him walk over a few million dollars and signing Kendrick Nunn, who ends up not being able to play. Um, there's just been kind of, you know, some of it I think has been on the front office. Some of it's been bad luck in terms of injuries, but it's one thing after another. Um, you know, you make the trade again, you know, 10 times out of 10. But the fact that Anthony Davis is now, you know, hurt for the second time in the first two years of, of a five-year max extension, you don't feel great about that. And you can't trade him because, you know, you're not going to get the, the return on the dollar that you sent out for him or of what his real value is when he's healthy. So, um, you know, this is, this is the Lakers' core, you know, going forward. It's LeBron James, it's Anthony Davis, and it's, you know, it's probably whatever you can get back for Russell Westbrook because I don't see him coming back. I mean, this is, this is a real look-in-the-mirror moment for the Lakers' front office and, 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 and you know, everybody who influences you know, Rob Palenka. It's, you know, Rich Paul and LeBron James. It's Jeannie Buss. It's Curt and Linda Rambis. It's, you know, it's Magic Johnson, who Jeannie Buss still calls and leans on from time to time. So, um, you know, yes – this is about as bad as you could imagine it of ever getting. In fact, I would say it's worse than you could have ever imagined, but, um, you know, it's, it's going to be back to the drawing board for them. And, and to your point about the HBO show, I'm excited for it. I am. I think it's going to be great. Yeah, me I think too. It's be great. I think it's going to be great for the, fr- the franchise. But, you know, the Lakers also, like, you know, there was a story in the Hollywood Reporter in which the Lakers, you know, have, like, a lot of trepidation about the way they're going to be portrayed. And, listen, like, they should hope that people are watching the HBO show instead of watching instead of watching their games, so they can like actually be seeing winning time. Because if they tune in, you know, when the Lakers are playing at Crypto.com Arena or on the road, all they're going to see right now is losing time. Yeah, it's uh, it's been it's been tough. Kevin Durant made made his return last night. They got beat. Miami Heat uh, found a way to to. They really could have had a heck of a, a road trip if they found, didn't find a way to lose that game against the Bucks the other night. But out on the West, you know, on the West side of things, the Mavericks, uh, you know, beat the Warriors. The Warriors continue to kind of stumble down the stretch. Where where do you see the West um, playing out? Phoenix is clearly at the top. Is is are the Warriors in, in trouble, or is this just something that that's getting into the end of the race? I think it's a little bit more of that. You know, the West is sort of you know kind of getting you know more and more uh, entrenched in, in terms of you know who's who in in you know, in, in the actual uh, you know in the actual race. I think it's the Suns. I think it's the Warriors. I think the Grizzlies are, you know, they're such a fun story, and I think they're they're on pace to become a contender. I don't know if it's this year, but they've been fantastic. Um, you know, Dallas, though, like you said, like you know, has been one of the hottest teams in the league, and they seem to have really figured something out since the trade deadline. So um, I actually kind of put Dallas up there in the you know in the actual contender uh, uh Tier, even though they might be a little farther down in the standings, and you know, I would also say, I mean, like, I'm still intrigued by Denver. Right. You know, Denver has the reigning MVP. They're going to get Michael Porter Jr. and Jamal Murray back. I mean, that's a big ask of both those guys to come in and contribute um, at a really high level after the injuries they've sustained. But if they can come back and be something close to themselves, I mean, how would you not look at Denver as a contender? Um, so the West, I, I, I think, you know, I, I give the nod to Phoenix as the defending conference champion. Um, but you know you're still waiting on Chris Paul, um, so I mean I do think that the West might be a little wider open than 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 we've thought about it this season in terms of it being kind of a two horse race. All righty, hey Bill, thanks for stopping by and, and educating us uh, and, and and making these two uh, uh, individuals in the room here smile a lot when they talk about Lakers dim- <laughs> diminishments. Uh, <laughs> they're getting a kick out of this. It's amazing. Bill, Wait, Bill, real quick, do you think? Do you think 
AD is coming back this year, and should LeBron shut it down? Um, I think it remains to be seen on both those fronts. I, I think there's a scenario that AD doesn't come back, but I do think, listen, this is a guy who's been injured a lot, is sensitive to the talk about being injured and sensitive to the talk about not being tough. I think you know he's going to want to get out there unless the season is just completely gone. If they're still with, even within reach of the play-in, I think he'll want to come back. Uh, LeBron is a little more complicated because there is the personal pursuit, right? He's going to pass Carl Malone this season, you know, in the next few weeks on the all-time scoring list and to move to number two. Um, you know, there is something to be said for not just limping past Kareem Abdul-Jabbar's mark, but kind of blowing the doors off of it. So I think that he wants to get as many points under his belt as he can. But if you get to five or six games left, you're way out of the play-in. I could see LeBron shutting it down. Right. Appreciate that, Bill. Bill Orm from The Athletic, Lakers beat writer. Thanks for taking the time today, Bill. It was a lot of fun. Thanks, Ryan. I'll meet you at the Mo Club. All right. I like it. I like it. <laughs> Bill Orm, athletic beat writer for the Lakers. Um, how, how much did you guys enjoy last night? It was great. I know I mean, TJ enjoyed it more than I did. But, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm, a, I'm a Clippers fan, yeah. so yeah. I, I take a particular enjoyment every time. Uh, Seven in a row? Wow. Know, I mean, the third quarter was just... <laughs> was 21 point run. Beat down. 40 to 18. And the clip that's really going viral is Reggie Jackson getting tripped, shaking Russell Westbrook. Mm-hmm. And Russ tripping him. Yeah. I don't know if you saw, you picked up on that, but he stuck his foot out because Reggie kind of did a little skip to my loo move. Yeah. And $45 million like, tripper. Boop. Huh? Yeah. Oh, man. Who is going to take this guy? There was a report earlier in the week that they have agreed to mutually find a new home and for next season. Who is going to take this guy? And, of course, he has a player option for next year at, like, $47 million. So he's definitely opting into that. So he's going to be playing somewhere next year. Why, you know, why? My son's playing basketball. That's all I can say right now. All right? Yeah. He's he's going to play basketball. There's nothing else out there. He's also going to be, like, 6'10". I know. That that gives him an opportunity, right, to play some basketball. His (laughs) dad shatters backboards. So, you know. I make the backboard shutter. Nope. You know, we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> All right. When uh, when we come back, we're going to talk about uh, a, a big release maybe happening in Big D. <sighs> Dallas Cowboys. Uh-oh. See what T.J. Jefferson thinks about his precious team when we come back. You're listening to The Rich Eisen Show here on Sirius XM, Odyssey, Peacock, everywhere you get The Rich Eisen Show. We'll be right back. Let's talk sleep number, people, because quality sleep is so essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is dissolved for your ever-evolving sleep needs. And the same thing for your partner, so you can choose what's right for each of you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Quiets your snores or your partner's? Sleep Number does that. My Sleep Number setting is 60. My wife's is 70. Ten numbers apart, but it truly is the world of difference. The Sleep Number sleep that you get is unbelievable. You will love it. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now you could save 50%. That's 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Check out our new NBA show, Beyond the Arc, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network, where you can find me, John Gonzalez, NBA insider Bill Ryder, and Ashley Nicole Moss, five days a week talking all things NBA. Whether you're looking for insightful discussions, upbeat commentary, breaking news, 
interviews, or coverage of all the biggest stories in the NBA, our new show is the place to be five days a week. Download and follow Beyond the Arc on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Welcome back, everybody, to the Rich Eisen Show. We have now for you the Verizon 5G Ultra Countdown. All right, this is for the 4th of March, everybody. Uh, This week, focusing on the NBA, okay? Number five, right? The Mavericks hand the Warriors their third straight loss. Doncic scores 41 points and was one assist shy of a triple-double as he beat Golden State 122-113. to The Warriors have lost three straight, seven of their last nine, and dropped to seven and a half games behind the West-leading Suns. Moving on down to number four, Jason Tatum puts up 37 on his birthday. Woo! He celebrated his 24th. He's 24 years old. I can't believe how young these guys are. Thursday with a 37-point effort, including 21 in the fourth quarter and the Celtics' 120-107 win over the Grizzlies. The Celtics have won 13 of their last 15 games and sit fifth in the Eastern Conference. I mean, they are playing as good as anybody in the Eastern Conference. They really are. Every night we're seeing great play from them. At number three, the Bucks come back. Uh, come back, win over the Heat. We talked about this yesterday, right? Drew Holiday skit, uh, sinks the driving layup with 1.9 seconds left to win it. For the Bucks. Milwaukee overcame a 14-point deficit in the final six minutes and forced two turnovers in the final 20 seconds to secure the comeback win. Capped off a off by Holiday's runner. This was huge. This was a huge thing because the Heat really, they've, they've consumed the East on this road trip, and this was a game that if they would have found a way to win, would be 3-0 and on this road trip so far. At number two, James Harden shines in his home debut, everybody, right? He was greeted to the home crowd in Philly by putting up 26 points, 9 rebounds, and 9 assists in the the 76ers' 123-108 win over the Knicks on Wednesday's game. Harden is averaging 27.5 points, 9 rebounds, and and 12.5 assists in three games since joining the Sixers. Against the Knicks twice, the Timberwolves, so we're we're, we're holding our horses a little bit, but boy, boy has he been impressive uh, with this team and how it started. Uh, Number one, uh, this week, John Morant posterizes... Jakob uh, in a 52-point game. I mean, this was this was uh, end line to end line, and then absolutely flying over. He scored 52 points uh, Monday night on the Spurs in the second quarter. Morant threw down this one-handed slam over Jakob. Then he closed out the first half, taking the full court pass from Stephen Adams, releasing it in midair, and draining the baseline jumper to beat the buzzer. That is your Verizon 5G Ultra Countdown. Uh, for the week uh, or, or for the day of March 4th, 2022. Verizon is going ultra, so you can too. All right. Uh, Let's go. We're going to talk about this Cowboys deal here. Oh, this has got everybody thinking bad. what's going on. And I want to know a little bit more about the money issue. All right, welcome back to our radio audience here on the Rich Eisen Show. I'm Ryan Leaf, filling in for Rich, TJ Jefferson, Michael Del Tufo, Chris Brockman with me. Um, I mentioned this before we went to break. Uh, the Amani Tumor, or sorry, the Amani uh, Cooper. Uh, Well-dressed Amani Tumor. Yes. We, could, uh, we could address that as well. Uh, <laughs> but the Cooper situation in Dallas, right? Apparently, Adam Schefter is reporting that they're going to release the veteran wide receiver, Though he's fully guaranteed a $20 million payout. Um, And so I have questions about this. A, if he's fully guaranteed $20 million, are the Cowboys saying, here's $20 million, see you later? 
or is there cap relief if they were to release him? That's the only answer in my mind that's possible because if it's already on the books and it's already what it is, why would you let him go? I, I could be wrong because I I don't really know cap space like that, but I believe I read that they could free up $16 million in cap space if I release him. I don't know how that works, you know, if, 20 million on the book, 16 off, but I don't understand it. I, I maybe really he, maybe he, maybe he's a $36 million cap hit normally. And if you release him before the deadline, it, it drops to, to 20 million rather than the 36. And that's how you save the 16. That's the only way I could think of because, um, you know, if, if it's guaranteed money and you're telling people, Hey, we're willing to, you know, usher him out the door by paying him that much money to go play elsewhere. That's that's crazy to me. Right? That is crazy to me. Um, though I will say this: for I, I good- believe they are going to try to trade him. That word is going to try to trade him. But Ryan, doesn't that devalue you if 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 teams know that they're trying to trade get rid of you if, anyway? So why am I going to give you anything? If the, well, they're on the whoever team trades for him is on the hook for the twenty million for this year. Yeah, yeah so, so no one's going to do redo that. his deal afterwards. And yeah, no one's going to do that. No one's going to so. take on twenty million dollars for that so. deal. Um, for for as good as Cooper's been in Dallas, and you've watched him for you know the last few years, there's been some injuries, there's been some off the field issues, there's also been conversation of his um, like on field demeanor, like he, there's never really that much of an excitement to him, right? He's pretty pretty straight straight down the line, which is not a bad thing, but a lot of times you see him, and I don't want to say ease his way in and out of routes, but if he believes or knows the ball's not coming in his direction, he isn't necessarily uh, on the horse and, and running through. So I, I thought this may have been a long time coming. That contract was huge. Jerry Jones pays big contracts and then gets himself in trouble, right? Ezekiel Elliott is more of the, the addressment I need right now because I cannot believe, once again, somebody paid a running back, right? Yeah. Stop paying running backs, people. Stop it. You can find them. Pollard's been better for them the last two years than Ezekiel Elliott. TJ, is that true? Uh, last two years, no. This past season, yeah, Pollard uh, was the better back. But also, you don't back, think he was better two years ago when when Ezekiel was fumbling everywhere? I I, I tried to put honest okay. to goodness, I tried to put that year out of my <laughs> memory. I had the chip removed, Ryan, from from that awful Dak snap in his ankle year. But the thing about Cooper, you mentioned uh, one, he's only missed one game in three seasons mm-hmm. with the Cowboys. Two, it's interesting you said that he looks complacent. Where. It's just weird to me because, why, Chris, why receivers get this reputation of every right. guy's loud and they want the ball right. and why are they divas? And then you've got a guy who's not loud, who's not brash, who's not a diva, and now we're like, oh, well, he's not passionate enough. It, that's just a no – like, what are you supposed to do? That's a no-win it situation. Is. It's no, optics. It's no really weird for me, it was me. clearly optics for me then. Yeah, so. it's optics. But remember, Randy Moss got, uh, got labeled with that too – why am I gonna run? Why am I gonna run hard when I know I'm not getting the ball? Okay. So. But the other thing about Cooper is, I thought it was a known thing. He is one of the better route runners in the NFL. I think and he's a great player. If you look at, it's not because he, he's physically diminished. It's because plays aren't being called. He's not getting the ball. I don't that, think he's, I, and I don't think he's he's physically diminished. I I really think he's this 27 is, years old. I really like, think this is more of a referendum on Kellen Moore and his ability to scheme up the right kind of offense because CeeDee Lamb, late in the year, was non-existent. 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 Amani Cooper is as well. So 
They're two of the most talented wide receivers in the game. You've got to exactly, exactly. So, and you got one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL, right? In Dak Prescott, and you have to utilize that stuff. So, there's a hard look in the mirror on the offensive side of the football for the Dallas Cowboys. Kellen Moore, specifically, along with all of those other individuals, sounds like most likely Cooper is going to be out of Big D mm. uh, after that big trade that was that went down for him to be traded from. The Oakland Raiders at the time to Dallas. It was a blockbuster trade that uh, everybody um, lauded for uh, giving them a, a a playmaker, a guy that could be explosive to almost make uh, the triplets once again with Ezekiel and Dak, similar to the early 90s with Irvin Smith and, and Aikman. Hasn't panned out as, as well as people expected. I will continue to tell you, stop paying running backs. Stop it. <laughs> stop it. Stop it. Pay. Yeah. yeah, TJ, as you said, it's only a $6 million in dead cap to release Cooper. So they would save $16 million. And like I pointed out, you know, he's not the one that needs to go. You should just, you know, cut what you have with Zeke. Zeke is a $30 million dead cap if they released him. So he's not going anywhere for this season. They could get out of Zeke's deal next year would be about a $12 million dead cap if they release Zeke before 2023. It's bad contracts. I mean, yeah. Zeke Zeke was very not bad good. for the players, bad for the team. Oh, it's great for the players. Yeah, I'm never I'm never going to knock somebody's ability to earn some. Neither am I ever so. ever not. ever <laughs> get your money, get yeah, your money. Absolutely. And Matter of fact, right, and that's what I said to Micah Parsons here. You know, I know a lot of times you meet guys on your teams. You're like, hey, hey do this what, did you, what did you do when you met him here? Uh, oh, it was it was great. But great. I just left him with. You know, I shook his hand and I was like, hey, man, just make sure you stay healthy and get your money right. And he kind of looked at me. I was like, that's all I really care about. Like all that other stuff will take care of itself. You're young. Take care of your money. Take care of your family. Work hard, man. That's- How was he? Was he fanboying a little bit when Micah was here? TJ has had himself a nice little run here. Uh, <laughs> Super Bowl week. Troy Aikman came in. Uh, I, I definitely bugged out to Troy. I'm not. Michael gonna, Irvin yeah. was here, obviously. And then. Dak was here, and then Micah Parsons comes in the next week. It was just like, what more can we do for you? you? Know, but I, I've, you been in, I've, I've been in public before. I know how to act in public, right? <laughs> so it was cool. But I did trip out. I was like a match striker in the Royal Rumble in 11 when Booker T came back, and he was like, it's a mark-out moment, bro, and I'm marking out. I felt that way. I'd never met Troy. Of all the people I've been lucky enough to meet, whatever, I never met Troy Aikman, and that dude brought me so much joy. So, <laughs> in my early twenties, so it was just like, yeah, I, I tripped a little bit. Troy yeah, Aikman is a, <laughs> a special, special man. I met him twenty-four years ago at the Davy O'Brien Awards dinner, and uh, you know, known him ever since. Uh, did he? Did he get you to drink some of his new eight beer? Oh, we we it had some delicious. eight beer. Yeah, I, is I, it? I know it's not your uh, your bag anymore, Ryan, but it was delicious. I, and I'm not a beer drinker, but Brockman cracked it. It's oh, on his man. desk there. I'm not a beer drinker, but I tell you, it went down smooth. Boy, what a great say. what a great can design. Great yeah, looking right? can. Eight. Amazing. Great yeah. looking can. <laughs> right. I, and he gave he only brought two cans. He gave me gave us that one, and he handed me his own can, and it's sitting in my fridge. Probably stay there forever. Yeah. I'm the I'm the open it next time when Dallas wins the Super Bowl. So it'll be what February next February I'll open it February of 2032 you shut your mouth <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if he'll, I wonder if he'll put together a non-alcoholic version at some point oh you know? that would that would be amazing uh, here we go partner still up searching them. for still hey, searching Riley, there you go man That's yeah it. well I, you know I've, I've I've talked multiple times with the uh O'Doul's people at Budweiser I'm like say hey 
I mean, come on. Let's like, go. Let's go. Perfect. I'm 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 your spokesperson, Absolutely. right? I loved some Bud Light back in the day, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> And it tastes just like Bud Light, but none of the bad stuff that comes with it. <laughs> How great is that? I don't know if that's a great slogan for O'Doul's, but we can figure out whatever you want. I know it's an official beer of the PGA Tour. Same great taste, none of the bad decisions. And by the way, no. that is so good. How will be like that one, O'Doul's? Same great taste, <laughs> none, none of the, of the bad. bad decisions. And, and you know, yesterday, this is no offense to O'Doul's, but yesterday we were discussing movie theater treats, and I was like, I love Twizzlers and I don't like Red Vines. I always kind of equated eating a Red Vine to like drinking an O'Doul's beer. No offense. I just, uh, the Red Vines don't do it. <laughs> it's, it's, non-alcoholic beer is great. It tastes great. You just you don't have though? the... And I also still feel like in this day and age, there's a placebo effect. Sometimes I'm just like, ah, I feel a little buzzed. Right. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not. But I'm I, not. you know, yeah. I'm, the mind is incredible. Man. The mind is incredible. <laughs> It'll play plenty of tricks on you. Um, so, you know, three three days here. We've got a, a few things on on tap on what we want to accomplish. Right? We want to get this this crew yeah, on, on Thursday Amazon night football Thursday. with Amazon on the sidelines. Hey, I'm looking at the blue tent. Right. And and we want to get me uh, Troy Ekman's first non-alcoholic yes. beer endorsement. Right, let's make it happen. We can. We have enough contacts. Our consulting, Ryan. We make it happen. All right. right, When we come back, um, we'll uh, talk a little bit more about this on the Rich Eisen show. All (laughs) righty. So now we have our mandate, right? Um, And and we even saw it on the social media uh, platforms. People were listening to the show the other day, you know, and they started posting stuff. Hey, Amazon, sending stuff to Bezos, sending stuff to Amazon Studios. Hey, get Ryan in the Thursday night booth, and he's bringing along Brockman and, and, and TJ. That's what's like up. Plan. Del Tufo, you can come mix it if you That's like. I'm in. All right? Yeah, maybe. Mike just wants to DJ the stadium. Mike, you have too many yeah. jobs. I do, actually. Yeah, Mike, Mike's got a lot of... <laughs> you need to, like, take a nap. Aren't you tired? <laughs> don't you want to no, be on your boat? You can, rest. you can rest when you're dead. Oh, I don't know about that one. I don't know, yeah. but sleeping is you so good. You have to good. be able to enjoy I some things, get, too. Like, yeah, yeah, you get eight. I need eight hours. I'm good. There's no way you By get eight way, hours. next... I do. Really? Yeah. How do you go to I, sleep? Oh, you go I'm to bed actually going to go take a nap on the boat today after oh, we're done. Nice. Well, I go to bed at 9.30. I know. Yeah, that's, I'm like you. Yeah, I'm that's, a, that's a Me too. That's, yeah. that's ridiculous. When the kid goes down, I try yeah. to go down, yeah. and then I wake yeah. up about 5.30. Yeah. So Six, eight. That's yeah. eight hours. Eight hours is perfect. But when the kid goes down, don't you want to give yourself about three hours to just kick your feet up? Kid and goes down at 7.30, so that's two hours. Two hours, okay. Yeah. I mean, I don't have one, so I don't know. I, mean, yeah. I, I defer to you guys. We got after it. I, this is bougie. I know this sounds a little bougie, but we hired a sleep consultant at six months <laughs> with the kid. Because guess what? It was the best money I ever we, spent. She came in, yeah. and within two days, that kid slept 12 when, hours a night. When he was first born? Six months. Okay, yeah, my friends did that, and uh, she was like, it was amazing. Yeah, it's worth it. It's so worth it. Yeah. Did yeah. she just tell you to put an audio cassette of me talking, and the baby goes to sleep? <laughs> <laughs> it gave my son nightmares for years, Till Tufo. Um, we got one of those sound machines. He loves Does it. Does that work? Sound machine? Yeah, like yeah. the white noise? Yep, MacGyver, oh, yeah. MacGyver that has that as well. Oh, yeah. He's got his his bedtime routine is great. Now he he tries to manipulate more time before bed. We're yep. watching a, a oh, show or yeah. something like that, but yep. he I understands it. And there's he's a, four, right, Ryan? Yeah, four and a half. I find it weird that he's four and he's sleeping in a queen size bed, and it's almost too small for him. <laughs> I wish he was. He will not. He will not vacate his crib. Oh really? He won't. Dude, and oh, he, he doesn't the, want to go to the real bed. No, and no, he's the, he's the either. length of the crib right now. Let's <laughs> say he's a big boy. <laughs> I, can't, I, can't. I didn't want to do that either. He just feels like he feels so comforted in like the enclosings of it. He feels safe, and when I lay him down, it's like immediate. As soon as he gets, you know, horizontal, he's out. All right, that's his comfort zone. Yeah, and so I love that about him. He's getting good sleep. He's growing, just like all of us. We're all we're all growing. 
Did they buy baby sleep number beds by chance? Oh, well, well, there's a discussion around that. All right, when we come back uh, here on the Rich Eisen Show, we'll talk a little bit more about the NFL Combine. 